Parenting is often lived in the extremes. It's either great joy or chaotic overwhelm. In one moment, you're nailing it, and the next, you're losing your cool. I want to help you find your way to the messy middle, to a place of balance. You see, balance is a verb, not a state of being. It is a thing you do, not a thing you are. It is an action, a process, a series of micro-corrections that you make each and every day to keep yourself feeling centered. We are never truly balanced. We are engaged in the process of balancing. Hello, I'm Dr. Laura Froyan, and this is the Balanced Parent Podcast, where overwhelmed, stressed out, and disconnected parents go to find tools, mindset shifts, and practices to help them stop yelling at the people they love and start connecting on a deeper level, all delivered with heaping doses of grace and compassion. Join me in conversations that will help you get clear on your goals and values and start showing up in your parenting, your relationships, your life with open-hearted authenticity and balance. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Balanced Parent Podcast. This is Dr. Laura Froyan, and I have a really cool guest with me today. Her name is Sierra Kasher, and she is going to help us talk about cultivating creativity in our kids. Sierra is a woman who fearlessly embodies creativity while inspiring others to do the same. She's a wife, a mother of two vibrant kiddos, and an artist who paints pictures both with her inspiring stories and on canvases with her magic paintbrushes. Sierra, thanks so much for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Okay, so from that introduction, I just kind of get a little warm and fuzzy inside. Mm, Me too. Um, Like, I literally, probably pandemic, really pulled this creativity out of me. I realized that we had to start to be creative as parents, as wives, as moms, like, all of the areas I was like, okay, what do I do now? And for me, it was like going into this space of learning how to problem solving, learning how to navigate, figuring out where I'm going to get food at the grocery store. I had to become creative again. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my goodness, this is something that I've been having in my pocket for years and I'm having to use it now. I would say for me, it's like, I love, love, love being in a space to where I have to problem solve, if I'm honest. And so just like you, when we talked, I was a very academic person. Like people really, Sierra, you're very smart. Sierra, you can go far. And so I chased that for years. And then I realized like, that's not what I really want to do. I simply want to be creative and help other people to be creative because I see that is very, very impacting. Like now, especially you have to be creative in some way, form or fashion. We just think that it looks like art. We think it looks like painting, drawing, writing. And it's more than just that. It's problem solving. It's resiliency. It's like learning how to problem solve something, but to be able to say, okay, this, I don't like that how this looks. I can paint over it. And that, and practically that looks like, I don't like this grocery store that has these things. I'm going to go to another one and that can be painting over it. You just go into a different grocery store and it's like writing, you know, like a lot of times we get in our stories and we're trying to figure out what is it that I bring to the table. And it's like, you get to rewrite your story and that's creativity. I don't want to do the things that I did growing up. So I'm going to do something different. You're rewriting your story and that's creativity. Uh, In the kitchen, when you're cooking. 
That's creativity. Yeah. I don't have this ingredient, so I'm going to substitute with this. That's creativity. I know for us in the pandemic in Texas, there were certain things that they didn't have at the grocery stores. And so I was like, how do, now I got to look up how to mm-hmm. replace tomatoes in something, how to replace yeast in something. They don't have yeast here. And I'm like, okay, well, there's creativity there as well. And so it's like, for me, the pandemic really pushed this out of me again. And it reminded me of who I really am. And I was like, man, this is different, but I like it. And I've been able to assist other people to realize like, hey, this is not as a big deal as you think it is. You just have to be creative. And they're like, I'm not trying to paint. I'm not trying to draw. And I'm like, well, you don't have to paint or draw. However, you do have to solve a problem. And that's what creativity does. It solves problems. Oh my gosh. Sierra, you're blowing my mind with this kind of broader conceptualization of creativity. Because I think you're so right. I think so many of us think, you know, that when we think of a person who is a creative, we think about a person who is an artist. But having this broader idea of what it means to be creative, I loved, I wanted to touch on two things that you mentioned there. One is that we can build our creative muscles. Yes in maybe in art practices, you know, through painting, but that those skills, those muscles can be applied in a variety of ways. I loved all of those examples you just gave. I love that you mentioned that in your upbringing, your creativity, your that piece of you wasn't necessarily seen as valuable, wasn't honed, wasn't held to the light, wasn't allowed to shine. And I have a very similar story. I feel within me that I do have creativity that has just never been nourished because I was academically successful. I got just like you got pushed into the sciences. I There was no time when you're taking three AP science courses to take an art course. There's just isn't time for that, you know, and, and that's how I was pushed and directed. And now here I am, we're in the middle of a pandemic, we've gotten the message that our creativity, you know, maybe some of us were lucky, and we had people in our lives who saw that within us and held it to the light. But many of us didn't. So what do we do now? Now we're in this place where we have to learn how to be creative again, you know, or maybe for the first time. So I would say for someone who's learning to be creative for the first time, simply maybe go to the store and buy paint, whatever you're feeling. Like if you're feeling paints have like each color of a paint is like a feeling for it, like blues and greens. They're more so of the happy and yellows they're and oranges. They're more so of the happier colors. And red is usually one of those colors that if you think about it, you look at red and you see the paramedics have red. So that's like alarming. There's red when you see, um, when you go to the hospital, the landing for the airplane, that's red. So that's alarming. So if something alarming is going on, you're probably going to use a blue. If you're having like a somber type of like melancholy type of day, you may be brown, blacks, gray. It's a gloomy type day. So it's like, just go grab some colors and paint. And when I say paint, you literally just don't have to paint anything specific, but you just go with the flow. Turn on your favorite music, put on your favorite dress if you're a woman and just go, go with the flow. It doesn't have to look like anything that you've ever seen. It can just be your imagination. Oh, that's so hard. We forget that part. It's like, Just go, just go. Like everything, especially in the pandemic, everything can be boxed in, you know, in a box or it has to look like this or, you know, wear your mask. And it's like, okay, this is a place you don't have to wear a mask. Just go, just go with the flow, turn on the music and you will be amazed at what you create. I promise you, you'll be amazed at what you create simply just by, especially music. 
I, can I just pull out, this is art is a place where you don't have to wear a mask. And I know you were talking about a facial covering yes. that we wear in the stores, but we talk a lot in this podcast about the masks we wear. And that's so true too. You just thinking about this, you know, we wear so many masks, you know, we come up through this world, finding out, you know, figuring out that there are parts of us that are unlovable or worrying that there are parts of us that are unlovable. And so we, we start masking very young Mm -hmm. and this idea that there's this place where we can go, where we don't have to wear a mask, you know, we can be fully and authentically ourselves. It's beautiful. And you want to stay there. I promise. Like, I think for sometimes when you first see what you create, you'll look and you'll be like, I don't really know because you want to make it make sense. You want to see a face. You want it to look like something because everyone around us is telling us to look like this, be this. And if you think about it, it's always, especially commercials, be this, get more of this, look like this, don't look like this. Oh, this is acceptable. This is not acceptable. But art is for me has been a place that I both found myself and I lost myself at the same time. Art is truly freedom. And if we can really tap into it, it will help us to turn those wheels to realize that, hey, I don't have to be this. This commercial is telling me I have to be. I don't have to have more. I simply can create what I want. I can create what I want. And like you said, the mask, like for me, that was a part of my story. I masked my creativity for years because it was weird. It was like, what is that? I tried to wear clothes that matched because that was acceptable. I really like to wear in the inside. I'm still coming out. I like to wear stripes and circles at the same time. But socially, that's not acceptable. They're like, where are you going? You look like a clown. At this point in my life, it's like, it is what it is. I'm going to be wearing stripes and circles. And you're just going to have to just learn how to get with it. I love that. Oh, and you're highlighting to this place of, you know, we are so hard on ourselves and that this, the idea that this could be a place where you are free of judgment, self-judgment, external judgment. I know I can hear my listeners because I know they're out there, the ones who are thinking like, but yeah, but I'm not an artist. And, you know, who would still be afraid to paint on paper because they would be still continuing to judge themselves, you know, that they like what I would make wouldn't look good. I don't know how to mix colors. I don't know how to make, you know, paint strokes. And you are encouraging people to be brave and to just do it and to accept what is. That's it, right? Accept what comes out, see the beauty in whatever comes out, even if it doesn't look conventional or what you thought it was going to look like or what Joe down the street says it should look like. You were just fully accepting what comes out of you creatively. And in the process, I think you learn to accept yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a mirror. Art can be a mirror yeah. for you. Yes, exactly what I was saying about the colors. It's like if you're having a gloomy day, you're more so going to be drawn towards darker colors. If you're feeling vibrant inside, you're probably going to fi- be drawn to more of the brighter colors. So it's like whatever you're painting on this paper, you're going to see. And I think there's a part of like art therapy where they'll present different colors to a child and see which colors they're picking, and they'll ask them, "Why did you pick this?" And you'll find out hey, oh, this child is having this going on with them because of the colors that they have chosen. Just like with us, when you're getting ready to like paint, if that's not where you want to start, you can find music. I know a lot of people speak music. You can find music that, like if you listen to the type of music that you listen to, when you're very hyped, you listen to music that's fast beat, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you're having like those not so good days, you'll probably listen to a sad love song. And it's like, that's art as well. Like we don't necessarily have to simply create. Somebody may have already created something 
for you to be able to give life to that thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love how we're talking about this. I love that we started out talking of our goal here is to do a little bit of talking about how to cultivate creativity in our kids. And I think we're hitting on this note right here that if we want to really cultivate anything in our kids, we have to embody it ourselves first, (laughs) right? And so bravely finding ways to express yourself and to figure out like, how am I like, I mean, just even this practice that you're talking about, like letting the things that speak to you give you information without judgment of, mm-hmm. yeah, this song is really speaking to me. I wonder like why it's resonating just a little bit of curiosity there. And I think, you know, to what you're talking about with the idea of art, of creating art with this mind of we're not going to get it right. There's no perfection. There's no one right way to do this bringing this to the way we do art in front of our kids can also be hugely impactful for them. I I hear all the time from from parents who have kids in kind of the three to six range is when I see this the most, where kids become very perfectionistic with their art, with their drawing, very concerned that their drawing doesn't look the way it's supposed to. And I actually, you know, when that's happening, I prescribe scribbling to the parent so that the parent is doing a lot of scribbling, a lot of just messy art, a lot of art that looks like nothing to give permission to the child to refine that in themselves. But I never really thought about it in a, like, you know, this was always like, from the mindset of this is what the kid needs, the kid needs you to, to not draw perfectly because they can't, they don't have the fine motor skills to be able to do it. They need you to match where they are and give them permission to do it imperfectly so that they can have a creative process. But I never thought about how just how good it would be for the parent themselves as individuals. You know what I mean? That's one of the philosophies that I live by. It's like our children do what we do, not what we tell them. And so it's like, if you are embodying what you want them to do, then they're going to do it. If you want them to eat vegetables, you have to eat vegetables because they're like, mom's not eating it. I don't want to eat that. <laughs> if you want them, like you're saying, like when it comes to art and creativity, it's like creativity is really about the environment. If mom is always wearing black and white, I'm probably going to wear black and white as a kid because I don't see her being vibrant in or different choices with her clothing. And so it's like, even with my daughter, she'll tell me, mom, I want to be a mom when I grow up. And I'm like, why do you say that? Because you wear lipstick. And I'm like, what? And so I took note of that. So when I catch her in my lipstick, I am not, you know, scolding her for that because she's trying to be like me. So even with art, she, my art is around in our office space. And so she will mimic what she sees me doing. Mom, I want to be like you because your paintings are beautiful. And so she'll just try to do what I do. And so just yesterday she took a canvas and she just went to work on it. And I looked at it and I was like, hmm. She's trying to do something that she saw on my other canvas. And so like now, like some paintings that I have that are like flowers and stuff like that, I keep them in the closet because I don't want her to think her paintings have to look the same as mine. And so um, you don't want to limit her creating like what exactly what you were saying. I don't want her to feel like, oh, mom, my flower doesn't look like yours. It is not supposed to. It's not supposed to. Mm -hmm. It's simply supposed to be whatever you come up with. And as she grows, like I still have her paintings from when she was like maybe two and three. She's four now. And I look back at them and I'm like, wow, I can see improvement. However, I am still starting to see that she's still a child. Mm -hmm. And Picasso, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Picasso has a, he has a quote where he's talking about basically you can't go back to childhood. Mm -hmm. You, You can't like, like paintings that we see from children. We are usually in all of them. 
is childlike. And when you try to paint as an adult, you don't paint like a child because you have so many experiences now. And, and you have limitations, you have judgments yeah. and thoughts and constraints yeah. that kids don't have. They don't exactly. know they exist. Exactly. Oh, Unless you put them on them. Right. Unless we put them on them. And we do that in lots of completely like well-intentioned or non-intentional ways, you know, like, I mean, just with the best of intentions when they're three and they say, mommy, will you draw me a horse? Like, you know, it's hard to deny a child when they're asking something as simple as that, you know, but in that place, when we do that, when we draw a horse for a child, then we tell them that's a horse and we put a constraint on them, right? Sometimes that we looked at a child's photo and I know we all do it, but even with my daughter, whatever she draws, if she says it's a horse and it looks like splipper splabber, that is a horse. That's a horse. That's a horse. That's the best horse I've ever seen. And if I'm honest, sometimes like I've been a art teacher at the Boys and Girls Club and the other teachers are not artists and they just didn't get it. And so children would show them Scribble Scrabble and they'd be like, this is my house. And they're like, that is not a, I'm like, don't do that. Don't crush their dreams. (laughs) (laughs) You can't see what they see. That is their house. And they're like, that is a house. And I'm like, I'll talk to them later. And I'm like, hey. Don't do that. Like, this is a place they get to be free. This is a place they get to just create. If they draw scribble, you understand that as that. But to them, that is a house. And we don't want to combine them in here. I don't. Like, there was time I would put people out because I'm like, you're just not ready for this. Because it's a very tender place. And like you were saying earlier, like, when they look at something and they think, you know, hey, this is what this is. And we have those constraints. It usually comes from another person. They view what we did and they're telling us that that's not acceptable. And as a child, they don't realize that I get to be who I want to be. I get to draw how I want to draw. But we internalize it. I know for myself, I internalize it as, man, I have to do something that's worth people looking at and realizing what it is. It can't be abstract. And it's like, no, it can't. Now, I have to do something that's worth people looking at. Oh my God. I mean, that's a metaphor though for everything in parenthood. We do so much as parents in an attempt to fill someone else's idea of what's worthy and right. Or, oh, my kids are eating this and this is what's healthy. Yeah. Like- we do so much. We let so many other people's ideas confine us. Oh man, you're really heading we home. We have art. It's how you have art. It releases you from that. So if we constantly do Mm. art, it will release you from different boundaries and boxes that people have put us in. It's beautiful. If I'm honest, like change the world, like just be creative every single day. Do something creative every single day. And you'll start to realize the boxes that you are in just by being creative. Okay. And you're really helping me with a block, actually, Sierra, right now that I have around my art because I do really enjoy painting. And I have one of the blocks I've had is that what do I do with the paintings when I'm done? That's a waste of money. It's a waste of materials. It's not going to go on a wall. Like maybe I might even throw it away. Like it just, there's this piece of me that's very like, depression and what like poverty trauma that comes up from my family history money story but there's but this idea that the act of doing it is in in and of itself purposeful mm-hmm. is what you're saying right yeah. that's what you're saying that in the in the nobody act, has to see it no one has to see you. it no one has to see it like you don't have to share them with anyone if you do 
then that's a bonus to them because you're sharing your insides. This is my heart and soul that I poured onto paper. And if you want to view it, you don't have to say anything. You're just like, oh, thank you. Like people should be saying thank you for seeing other people's art. Like we see Vincent Van Gogh's art all the time. And he's basically saying, hey, here is my heart Mm -hmm. on canvas. Like when we paint and when we create, it's from the inside. I don't know someone. I don't know how you would be able to create for me. I don't know how you would be able to create without going inside. Like you can do that. Somebody can teach me, but without going inside, because it's like, it's a deep place of that's not judged. And so it's like, if I can put this on paper and let people see it, you are a brave person just to even put it out because it's like, almost like open heart surgery. It's like, uh, what do I want to paint today? Boom. You got to put your heart on the paper because people are going to look at it and not all the time, but if you share it, people will look at it based on their perception of their life and their experiences. And they will say, that's not what that is. Hmm. That's not what that's supposed to be. Oh, that color doesn't go with that color. That's not you. That's them. That's their experiences. That's the things that they have been through. And that is like their story that's coming up when they do your art. Oh my gosh. I feel like Sierra, you are teaching a class in like conscious communication right now. Like, I mean, you're teaching like all the things through art because you were just talking about boundaries, holding boundaries for yourself that if you're going to put something out there that's vulnerable, you are not going to let other people's perception of it change how you feel about it. You just gave everybody a crash course in conscious living. Without trying. I mean, it's beautiful. I, I love the way that this is all flowing from you. Okay. So let's talk for a minute now. We've been talking a lot about us as parents. So a little bit about kids, but are there other ways that we can be cultivating creativity? I think we've hit on why creativity is so important. There's actually a lot of like research in the business world, in career and financial success, that as we move further into the 21st century, that people who have creativity, one of their core competencies will be more successful in a future that requires a lot of flexibility, problem solving, critical thinking skills. You're spot on with that. That's something that's backed by amazing research. So how do we then, how do we cultivate creativity in our kids? Like, can we talk about that a little bit? I would say it starts with the environment. Two things that are important is doing, like simply, I would say doing, being, like simply just being creative. Um, Not always having very, I would say like maybe buy a creative shirt that you have that doesn't look like your regular work shirts. And so like, or in the kitchen, we usually cook this, 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 mix it up a little bit and do something different. And that will teach them like mom usually cooks oatmeal with apples on the side. Today she cooked oatmeal with, I don't know, let's say apricots on the side. And it's like, that's different. Oh, mom's just getting a little creative in the kitchen today. And that there's like, oh, So we can do things differently. It doesn't always have to Mm -hmm. be in such a structured environment. And then also too, I would say that it is being and doing, like doing things you want them to mimic. The other part, the environment. Have artwork and different things in the environment. Like if the child comes to you, and this is my favorite one to use, and she has on rain boots, night jacket, and pajama pants. And you're going to the grocery store, who is she going to harm? Oh my gosh, yes. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. She is fully clothed. So let her wear that. 
just let them be in their creativity because they're trying to express themselves. Mom, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a princess and a unicorn all at one time. <laughs> let them just be that. And don't, and I would say, try not to, what do you call Like if you're going to somewhere that's required of, you know, business attire and they need to be, you know, in a specific uniform, do that. However, it's like, let them just simply just be. If you're going to a friend's house and they want to wear house shoes, whatever it is, let them just express themselves, let them dress themselves and just go and be. And also too, like my daughter, she plays with lots of Legos. I actually have a chalkboard wall in my office space. So when she feels creative, so she's not painting on every other wall, (laughs) draw on the chalkboard wall. So it's like cultivate the environment first and then they'll just do it. They'll follow your lead by what you're doing. And they'll also see that, oh, this is my space to create. I have a tablecloth, like a plastic tablecloth on my office wall. And I sit her canvas there whenever she'll go to that. She's probably painted on the same canvas like three or four times. And I'll just say, hey, come to mama. Let me put the paints onto your palette and she can just go paint. Clean it up when you're done and you can do it again tomorrow. And whenever she's feeling it, she'll tell me, mama, I'm about to go paint. I just let her go paint. Mama want to create a card. I let her just create a card. And it's like, but she's seen me do these things first. Mm. Or she, like I said, with the the lipstick earlier. (laughs) She got a little creative with that, too. And I'm like, yeah, I got to go hide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least our good lipsticks, you know, those things can be expensive sometimes. Like we can get get one of them. He has mashed one. Oh, no. We're not about that kind of a creativity. We're not about the smashing lipstick creativity. (laughs) I mean, I I love this, too. I think one thing that can be what I'm hearing you saying is not being afraid of their their creative spirit, of nurturing it, creating room for it in your day and supporting them to figure out how they can do that within the bounds of what's okay. Like you, you know, have we're not drawing on all of the walls. We're going to draw on this wall. That's a chalkboard (laughs) wall. That's for you to draw on. You know, we're we're not going to paint on this surface. We're going to paint on this surface. So giving her good boundaries in which she can channel, you know, her creativity more freely. I would imagine too that having access to materials is good, right? So access that she can can get herself and feel independent with with the ones that need a little bit more support or supervision. Those ones are up high or something. Yes, and then like oh, I, this only in my office space that she can get her creative stuff. Just because I know, like, if I leave it anywhere else. I will find paint on the walls. Like, like, like when she was three, she painted us a mural of her hands on the wall. We walked in and there was handprints everywhere. And I was like, what? And that taught me, you don't have a good boundary up because you have the art stuff just where she can reach. Mm-hmm. And so not only are you teaching them boundaries, you're also teaching them to allow their creativity to flow from them. If she, you know, she knows where the things are. However, she still has to come to me and say, hey, mom, I'm ready to go paint. And then I can get them down for her. And mm. versus, okay. you know, what I learned, <laughs> you just can't have free access to it. Just it. But she has Legos in her room that she can play with. Um, she has puzzles. Like there's a lot of different things that besides paint, because I like to paint, but there's lots of different things you can use. There's Legos, there's building blocks, there are like these, I don't really know what you call them, but they're like star-shaped and you put them together. They're usually like very vibrant colors. Oh, yeah. These like um, little kind of like, I don't know, brain flakes kind of things. Yes. Yeah, that you can stick together. Yeah, yes. there's all different types writing. That's a way yeah. for them to be creative. They can have a journal or write into draw in sidewalk chalk if you don't want it done in the house. There's so much that they can do. Sand, the kinetic sand. 
I love in that story that you told about your daughter with the handprints, you fully situated the responsibility for that moment on yourself. I love that about like, because that's a hard moment. Like, it was. That's like, oh, that's on me. You know, I one day I walked into my daughter when she was three. She's eight now, so it's like a long time ago. But she, during her rest time, she didn't nap anymore, but she still went into her room for quiet time. She'd gone into the bathroom and gotten a jar of raw shea butter. And, you know, like raw shea butter, like that doesn't smell the best, you know, but it's a lot. She'd gotten this jar of raw shea butter and had rubbed it all over herself and all over her floor. We had hardwood floors. So I mean, it just conditioned the floor all over her furniture. And we walked in and we're like, well, that's on us. The shea butter on the counter. We should have put it up higher. Like, you know, like that's not her fault. Like they don't have any impulse control, you know, like it's, I mean, I had to, I want to use it. Hmm. Everything else can use a little shea butter. Yeah. One thing too that I liked too, is that you highlighted it, how the way that you situate these boundaries is that you are her partner in creativity. You're not a block. You're not a stopper. You're not a, you know, a thing where you're blocking it from happening, that she knows you're her partner in it, that she can come to you um, when she wants to paint and you're right there with her. Yeah. I want you to be able to paint too. She knows that you're on her side, that you're going to make it work with her, you know, and maybe if she wants to paint, you know, in a certain way or, you know, that you'll help her figure out. She'll ask, mama, do you think this beautiful? Every time is yes. I think that's beautiful. What, you know, what are you trying to create? I don't judge it. If you think that those three colors go together, then they go together. Mm-hmm. I really try my best. Like in the beginning, I was, I would be honest. It hasn't always been this way. I was the looking at the scribbles and being like, that is not that. And I realized the impact that it had. And then now I, for her birthday, her birthday's coming up. I'm going to, her old paintings and her new things, I'm going to frame them and put them in her room so that she Aww. can see like, this is what you have created but also have her age on the back for later on. So she can see like, this is what you painted when you was three. And she can make the judgment that she wants to make about her own work. However, at this age, I'm like, I just want her to see like, continue to create, just continue to create. Um, So there's a constant reminder. So when she becomes an adult, continue to create. That is my hope that she will continue to create. We put our kids artwork on a wall. It tells them something like it communicates to them that, this is important. What you just did was important. You know, I love that. I have a client who's high school best friend. Her parents let her draw on all of her walls from childhood. And when she moved away from college, they like took pictures of it all. Cause like by the time she, and she was going to an art school, and by the time she was, you know, 18 and was moving out, they were going to repaint it, but all of her walls were covered. And like, what a beautiful gift for a creative kid, you know, like it was her room and it was okay. Like that was okay with her parents. Like it's not... <laughs> I I don't know if I can handle that, you know, but I think what a beautiful gift that child's parents saw in her something that like drive that need to do it and cultivated a safe place for her to be able to do it. What an incredibly like an incredible thing to be seen in that way, you know, by your parents. It's a beautiful thing, right? And I think it's more so like you were saying, like they partnered with her. Yeah, and let her do that. I can see how that's a little different as a little child, though. Just like, uh, I don't know if that's gonna change over to you can't do this in other people's homes or other people's. Yeah, I think it takes careful holding of those boundaries, you know, really clarifying having a very clear boundary. Yeah, I don't know how it would work for all families, but it it worked for theirs. I I mean, 
Yeah. I would love to draw in my room. Oh, me <laughs> too. When it came out. Yeah. <laughs> my five-year-old, when she goes in for her rest time, she doesn't like to get out of her bed. She likes to stay in her bed, but she plays in it before she had her crib up. And we didn't know it was happening, but she has these little murals in the like that she's drawn on the wall between the bars of her crib. And so when we took her crib away, we saw them there and they're like, you know, they're just like, I couldn't bear they were just pencils, easy to wash off. You know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't bear to do it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's all, it represented all this time that she'd spent in her bed creating. I couldn't bear to wash them away. They're still there, <laughs> oh, <laughs> even though she's in her yeah. big girl bed. <laughs> because it's different. Because like I said, it's their heart on the wall. At that time, they were experiencing this or they were feeling this and they were just like, well, I think I want this to be on the outside. Do, 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 do. And it's just like for you to like even to ask, like sometimes I ask my daughter, like, what is this about? And then she'll explain to me what it is. And the story usually doesn't go with the picture, but I'm like, okay, whatever. This is what this is about. And even though they don't match to me, I'm like, in her mind, that's what that was about. And I'm like, for her, that's storytelling as well. Like you created a whole story off of this picture that you drew. Yeah. That's beautiful. It is. It's a purpose in what you just drew. I love that you keep saying this, that, that they have put their heart on the page and then they're giving it to you. I think it's really important that we understand that when a child gives us, that they are giving us a piece of them, a little picture into their mind and into their heart. And it's our job to accept it like unconditionally with no judgment to ask them about it. You know, so I like some of the things you can do when a child gives you a piece of art or saying things like, you know, tell me about this. And oh, wow, I see you were really careful with these colors. Will you tell me about why you chose them? You know, really kind of lets them feel seen and heard and valued, you know, yeah, and they'll, they'll bring you another one. They'll bring it. Yeah, they will they're celebrating it. And they're like, like my daughter, she, I have a um, card on my door now because she's like, hey, mom. And I ask her about it. And so she's like, hey, I want to make dad one. And I'm like, okay. And so I <laughs> another piece of paper. And so like once you celebrate it and they feel seen, they'll want to just give it to everybody. Because she told she's like, hey, for my birthday, I want to make cards for everyone. And I'm just like, okay, it's your birthday. However, okay. But look at that generous heart that you're cultivating through art. I love that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate this conversation that we've been having about the gifts of creativity, like what it can offer us as parents, especially on our journey of releasing perfectionism, releasing self-judgment, and also for our kids. Thank you, Sierra, so much for this conversation. I really appreciate it. I love talking all things creative. I really do. I really do. Okay. So tell us where parents can find you because I've watched a few of your paint along videos on Instagram and I want everybody to come and see you. So on Instagram, I actually just created a new artist page. It's going to be Casher to You. And if you go to my regular Instagram, it's Sierra underscore Casher, and you'll just see the link to get to the new page. I'm not, okay. I haven't uploaded things there yet. However, I'm excited about putting things there are just simply creativity. Um, I also have a website and you can see some of my old paintings and new paintings because there's some things from Instagram there and it's sierracasher.com. Just sign okay. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes for the podcast episode. I hope everybody goes and finds you. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. It was fun to talk with you about this. Thank you for, for holding that space for us. 
Okay. So thanks for listening today. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast and if it was helpful, leave me a review that really helps others find the podcast and join us in this really important work of um, creating a parenthood that we don't have to escape from and creating a childhood for our kids that they don't have to recover from. And if you're listening, grab a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so that I can give you a shout out. Um, and definitely go follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Froyan PhD. Um, that's where you can get a behind the scenes look at what balanced conscious parenting looks like in action with my family. And plus I share a lot of other really great resources there too. All right. That's it for me today. I hope that you keep taking really good care of your kids and your family and each other, and most importantly of yourself. And just remember balance is a verb and you're already doing it. You've got this.